Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Well, hello and welcome mm. to another edition of the Food Bites with Sarah Patterson podcast. The glorious Kevin Philip Eugene Hillier looking very handsome on this lovely autumnal day. Just before anyone gets too carried away, the Eugene is not my, part of my name. That's my oh. dad's my dad's name. Well, I think it should be. I stop at Philip. Kevin Philip. And uh, given it is such a beautiful autumnal day, mm. Kevin, I like saying that word. It's a hard word to say. Yes. I reckon... You know, we'd be up to for some slow cooking in this kind of weather. Oh, <laughs> always up for some slow cooking, I can tell you. Uh, and we have uh, just a terrific book, and the writer of that book is uh, not only uh, an author but also very well-known television personality mm. and cooking identity, I guess you could call her as well. Justine Schofield. Yes. She is a TV favourite. Yes, and she just she looks really relatable to me. I mean, she strikes me as the kind of uh, lady that, you just want to be, you know, friends with. Yep. As you'll find out, she's an incredibly friendly human being. We had a terrific chat with her yeah. and you're going to hear that in just a moment. But we write about our other very good friends who Jeez, you would just thanks. love to have a chat with this lady. <laughs> her name's Janet and the company, of course, is Cheese Links. Uh, 52821984, that's the telephone number with a 03 on the front of it, but all the social media platforms. Yep, Instagram, Facebook. And Janet is, a uh, well, you know... Getting back right into the swing yep. of things. Yep. Uh, the masks are off uh, and uh, and everything is open as per usual now and you can do the workshops, you can get a gift voucher, jump on the website, see what it's all about. It's really simple, cheeselinks.com.au. You'll be amazed, surprised and uh, and thrilled with what you can do in the kitchen when you start making cheese. Well, order some equipment online and you can make cheese in your very own kitchen. It's easier than you think. And you have uh, two of the most important pieces of equipment right there your, in front of you hands. right now. Your hands. <laughs> your hands will be and, – and that – and you – You've got no idea how good it feels when you eat something that you've actually made like that. Uh, yeah, yep. there's a bit scratch. of stirring involved. So if you are a professional stirrer like Kevin here, you'll do fine. Exactly. The slow cook <laughs> is not the name of my autobiography. <laughs> it's in fact Justine Schofield's uh, new book. It's out through Pan McMillan. It's a it's a fantastic book as a book, but as a guest on this uh, podcast, when you throw those two things together, we're going to have a you're going to have a most enjoyable time having a listen to this lady right now, Justine Schofield. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on uh, Food Bites. Um, the Slow Cook, what a lovely book. <laughs> I know. I love it too. I'm just uh, even looking at it right now and I just get so excited about it and sharing all the recipes with everyone in a few days' time. I mean, Kevin is just eating it with his oh, eyes, oh, Justine. He called yeah. me out and he said, have a look at this. And uh, <laughs> look, it's look, it's absolutely beautiful. Slow cooking, what is the appeal, Justine, of, of slow cooking? Well, I think it's one of those things when I was trying to work out what to do with the fourth book and it was actually wintertime maybe two years ago now. It's taken me a while to get this one done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um I just thought there was just on the market, there wasn't that many great slow cookbooks. There were those generic ones that come out every winter. And I wanted to do something a little more special. I just think we all crave that. As soon as it hits that cool weather, we want something comforting, um, nostalgic, um, just wholesome also. Um, and also those one-pot wonders, I think we all crave that too. So um, putting a compilation of not just only, you know, the meat dishes, which we usually associate with slow cooking, but, you know, the vegetables and even desserts, 
uh, slow cooking desserts is a thing too. You've hit the nail on the head with the word comfort. We're heading into the cooler months now. It's comfort food and it's it's achievable food. I mean, we can all have a crack at this. That's right. And I wanted to make sure that no one was left out of this book. So I think, you know, when you say the slow cook book, you think it's only about a slow cooker. And yes, I have added that recipe, but I made sure that I've got um, two versions. So you can also cook the recipe on the stovetop or even in the oven. So that classic way of a heavy, heavy based casserole dish or a baking dish. And then if you do have a slow cooker, there's the recipe for that too. So it really is designed for everybody to, to have a go at. Uh, call me dumb, and you probably will. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Be, get well, that. because because Sarah does on uh, <laughs> often, but uh, the, in the fundamentals part of it, where you talk about searing the meat before you you, you go any further, a uh, great starting point, and one that I must admit I I didn't think of. I'm so happy you've um, brought that up because particularly when you think of a slow cooker, it's very low and slow heat, right? But in order for things to develop flavors, you need color and caramelization. That's where flavor is. So I always emphasize, and I know people go, oh, but, you know, it's a slow cooker. It's wasn't the whole point of it just to bung it in and, and let it go. <laughs> um, and that is, but if you really want to take the flavor to the next level and really get that gorgeous depth of flavor in the dish, then getting a pan out and, and caramelizing the meat first, caramelizing your vegetables, reducing the wine if you're using wine, then popping it in your slow cooker is going to make it taste so, so, so much better. Um, and I, I really go on about it quite a lot in the book and most recipes you'll see when that is required to do it and do it properly because it does make a difference to the end result. Justine, do you think many people are familiar with uh, the fact that you can actually do a lot of great uh, sweet stuff in your slow cooker? I mean, Kevin was uh, just no idea. was just pouring <laughs> over the picture of the lemon delicious oh. <laughs> pudding. Oh, it's so good. It's just so good, particularly good in that slow cooker. I When I sort of started this, I was like, well, I haven't done that much. I never associate it with it, but it can be done. I mean, the rice pudding is so good, and I think it's because – the rice just gently, gently, slowly, slowly sort of drinks and absorbs all of that, that flavoursome milk that it becomes like this silky risotto. It's sensational. And, you know, even steaming marmalade puddings, you can do that in a slow cooker. Um, you need some time, but that's okay. I think the whole point of slow cooking is taking your time, taking, you know, we've just come out of a shocking year. Taking your time and, and enjoying the process of cooking is, is what it's all about. You can even do a creme brulee in a in a slow cooker if if you're keen on that. Absolutely. How about the chocolate creme slab cake that you start the dessert part off? I'm sorry, you had me then. You didn't you didn't have to do anything after that. I was I was hook line and sinker then. It looks beautiful. Oh, uh, that one I went a little wild because it, it was just <laughs> supposed to be about the jam. So I, I teach you how to make a jam in a slow cooker, and then I was like, oh, but wouldn't it be great if we put this jam on a slab cake and then add some <laughs> frosting, like custard frosting, and it just Got a little out of control. But I think out of all the desserts, the, my best, my favourite that I just go back to over and over again is the sticky date pudding. It's yeah. just oh. so good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's winter without at least one or two rounds of sticky date pudding? And nothing beats a homemade one, I think. Absolutely. Hey, um, Justine, I imagine long days are putting together cookbooks, being on set, filming your TV show. When you get home at the end of a long working day, what kind of stuff do you like to cook just for you? Well, if I'm coming off set, so at the moment I'm filming Everyday Gourmet and I really, I've been 
around food all day, but I can't help myself. I just feel like I just need something at night. I'm one of those, oh, it's, well, it's seven, it's eight o'clock. I need to eat something. Mm. Uh, so I usually take something from the set that I've cooked. Um, but for me, uh, cooking is, is like a form of therapy. I just, it's just my way of winding down. Yeah, of course, with a glass of wine, mm. but I do love cooking at home and I love to cook, you know, simple things to, you know, a simple pasta like everyone. I, I've always got my pantry pasta on standby. If you've got garlic, chili, anchovies, some lemon and some parmesan some pasta, you've got this amazing dish. So for me, I love to do that all just a slow cooker. You put a big batch of something delicious on and you've got dinner for four or five days ahead of you or even just slow cooking food you can put in the freezer afterwards. So, yeah, they're all, I do everything and I'm one of those people, if I have chicken one day, I won't have it for four or five days. I'll give myself a break and sort of balance it out with the proteins and, and the veggies and dessert, of course. Hey, Justin, one of the great things about uh, slow cooking and and uh, the, the stuff you talk about in the book uh, and also obviously on your television show is the economy of, uh, you know, the cuts of meat that we use because meat's really expensive at the moment, as is everything else, but the slow cooking leads itself to be able to use those meats that aren't exactly top of the range price-wise. That's right. Slow cooking is best done with with a cut of meat that is fatty, sinewy, um, cheaper, of course, economical is, is probably the better way of saying it because they're my favorite cuts, in fact. It's not the fillet of beef that I crave. It's the beef cheek. That's where all the flavor is if it's cooked right. Just long and slow, easy does it, and you get this you know, gorgeous, meltingly soft meat once it's cooked right. And that's just all about gentle heating. And I think in this book too, I, I really wanted to showcase veggies, the hero veggies. Mm. More and more of us want to know how to cook veggies and want to know how to cook them well. And there's a few things that I've sort of played on, like, you know, the meatloaf instead of meatloaf, the lentil and bean loaf that you can slow cook. It's awesome. And, you know, if you get the textures right, it really does emulate meat and it's, it's such a, a treat to to, to eat, you know, gnocchis are in there too and all those delicious curries that you can hear are veggies, um, chili con carne instead of the carne, there's lots of beans, slow-cooked beans are just awesome. So I went overboard with that too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, Justine, oh, Kevin's just shaking his head at the beans. He's not He's not no, a big I'm one for a, veggies. No. <laughs> But why don't you try it my way? You'll love it. There's also an eggplant and mushroom cottage pie in there. So mm. I actually tested that on my friends and didn't tell them they were coming over for a veggie night and just made it and they ate it and they didn't even realise there was no no meat in it because uh, okay. eggplant and mushrooms, they're like the veggies. They're the, they're the meat of the veggie world. Yeah. You'll love it. Kevin. Yeah. And, um, and Justine, your background, you have a, a French um, origins there, which I imagine also lends itself perfectly to the uh, the slow cooking. Oh, yeah, incredibly. I mean, there are so many French recipes in there, things that I've grown up with, things my grandma used to cook, and I had to include them because for me, you know, memory is, you know, you can look at photos and have old jewellery or, or all of these things from your grandparents, but for me, the sense of smell is so, I'm so grateful for it because whenever I cook one of my grandmother's dishes, it just reminds me automatically of her, both grandmas, in fact. And I think that's one of the greatest things to, to keep it alive is to constantly make those dishes and pass it down from generation to generation. Um, and, you know, French cooking, all of those things like Boeuf Bourguignon and Ville Blanca, which is a, a veal dish cooked with this white sauce, just so yummy. All of those dishes. I keep making, so I remember my grandparents. I just love it. And you didn't you learn to read French by reading your <laughs> mum's cookbooks? 
I did. Yeah. Wow, you've done your research. Incredible. Oh, Kevin. Yeah. He's getting big brownie <laughs> points today, isn't he? I know. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I, look, I, I did, yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter about your French background or your, your sense of smell and all those things. Nothing would have prepared you for what you did on uh, In the Jungle with I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. How oh, was that? No. How was the culinary experience of that and how is it sort of uh, backwashed uh, to, <laughs> it, to you these was, days? Um, it was bleak is oh. the, the way I would describe it. I say bleak, but it's it's one of those things that, that those challenges I wanted to do to push myself to sort of go out of my comfort zone. And it's incredible how the taste buds can change. So when you can only eat rice, plain rice with just water, no salt, or oats with just water, it mm. tastes like glue. And then when you're rewarded with uh, a little veg- vegetable to cook or uh, a piece of protein and how sensational it tastes. Like a tomato was just the juiciest, sweetest thing. And it probably wasn't, but because <laughs> we our taste buds sort of were used to bland food, when you got that, it really heightened the flavor of it and almost made me appreciate food more um, and just show we just eat way too many things and over-season and flavor, flavor things. The beautiful thing about doing that challenge was to go without um, and appreciate going without because we don't need all the, all the stuff we have, really. Mm. Yeah. We, we, uh, we had but I was starving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had uh, Dermot Brereton on this podcast not so long ago, and I believe he was in your group on uh, In the Jungle, uh, and he yeah, said it was absolutely. quite the mental challenge. But, I mean, Dermy also had to uh, sit around a table and eat, um, I think it was bull's testicles. Did you have to uh, consume anything really, really horrid? Yeah, I had to do um, the maggots, which oh. was horrendous. And a rat milkshake, and they have the tail in it, and it really oh. is true. It is, it, it just, oh, just even the thought of it now, just makes me feel sick. And I, I, I just didn't believe they actually went through with these challenges. I thought they'd sort of muck it up, and it wasn't that bad. It is as bad as you see it. That's why the gag reflex has come out. But well, poor Dermy, I mean, we cooked quite a lot, like as in our beans and rice, and you know he's a big guy, but we made all a pack to make sure everyone has the same amount of food. And you think for someone so big like Dermy, he still managed to just respect the portion control that we had, um, but he did almost faint at one stage because obviously he was lacking so many nutrients. Wow. And mm-hmm. how, how did you go with the coffee withdrawal? Are you a coffee drinker? Headaches, yeah. I, I had headaches and, oh, like, yeah, I think the worst for me was just it's a lot of sitting around, so you're thinking about food 24-7. I had a chip buddy on my mind 24-7 <laughs> for some reason. Like, I don't even like them that much, but it was just like this craving that I had. So, yeah, it was it was quite full on, but it's quite rewarding at the same time. Uh, now, you have a little travelling coffee machine that you take around, a little espresso machine that you take with you uh, when you travel. Oh. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> not, not anymore. I used to bring my espresso machine everywhere. I don't know, because I'm living between so many different places at the moment, I take very little now with me. What about a sweet tooth? I mean, the dessert, oh. we mentioned how good the desserts are in the book, but are you a, a sweet tooth person yourself? To be honest, I do like a good sweet, like a sticky date pudding is, I just crave a sticky date pudding, but I'm more of a cheese kind of girl. Like, oh. I love my cheeses and... If I had to choose between a main and a dessert or a main and some cheese afterwards, it would always be cheese. I'm just – it's my Achilles heel. I just love my cheese, especially the French cheeses. 
Oh yeah, I bet. Justine, your your life, I'm I'm assuming, has has changed enormously since you um, first appeared on uh, MasterChef, where you first came to our attention. You're in the first season. Do you ever look back and do you divide? Do you look back at your life and look at it as pre MasterChef and post MasterChef and wonder, wow, look what's happened to me? I know. I, I do pinch myself sometimes. I mean, Poe and I catch up sometimes, and we just go. Jeez, how do we get here and how do we get so lucky? And yeah, it is a lot of hard work, but um, we are just so grateful to, to have been able to change our careers. I mean, I was selling security cameras and I, I just did not like sitting at a desk at all. It wasn't for me. And it was either quit that and go and do a stage in France. And that was the plan because I, I was 23 at the time. Um, or a friend proposed to try out for this crazy show that's coming to Australia. And I went, well, as long as it's about... It's it's a show that it's about a talent or a skill-based show, then I'm happy to try out for it because I don't know anything about TV or going on to TV. So, yeah, I just said, oh, stuff it. I'll just do it. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going overseas. So I think I went into the, to this sort of challenge with no expectations and then really wanted it after that because I was like, okay, this is the career I want. I want to be working with food in some shape or form. Um, and yeah, I'm take my lucky stars. I've done that. It's just one of the biggest risks I ever did, and it was it's all paid off. Oh, absolutely! And you look so comfortable in front of the camera. I mean, is is that your your happy place? No, oh. in front of the camera. No, oh. <laughs> you thought I was going to say yes. Yeah. I have fantastic editors. Um, I say I have fantastic editors. I actually get quite nervous still looking into the camera because it's not that natural to be cooking, looking up, mm. and having a chat to the little black hole, I like to call it, which is the audience at home, but you can't see them and not cut your fingers off at the same time. So it's still hard, but after 11 years, I'm slowly getting comfortable. Um, But I just, I just love what I do because sometimes we get chefs coming on uh, different chefs um, and they're constantly teaching me, which is quite a lovely, lovely thing to do to, to come to work and, and constantly learn. And food is one of those things. It's just, you think, you know, every dish and every day I'm like, oh, I never thought to do it that way. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I just love it. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Hey, Justine, no um, no cameras, no microphones, uh, no, uh, no fly-on-the-wall stuff. You're having a dinner party at your place. Who would you invite? Who'd be your dream dinner party guests? Okay, so hmm, I keep changing this, but <laughs> two, I'd have two cooks that I just absolutely love and just always have been – obsessed with. Rick Stein would be there. Even though I have met him once, I'd love to have a bigger conversation with him. I think he's incredible and he'd bring some amazing wines and some fish. Anthony Bourdain would have to be there. Ricky Gervais for the laugh and my grandparents. My my meme and my grand, absolutely, just so they can sort of critique all the food. They used to love doing that. (laughs) Got the entertainment sorted too with Ricky there too. Yeah, absolutely. And would the theme for the night be always, always lick the bowl? Would that be the theme? Always lick the bowl and don't feel guilty about it. It just tastes better, that last little bit. Or, you know what, if you don't want to lick the bowl, just do it the French way. Rip a piece of bread off and then mop all the sauce up. It's just the best. Yeah. Is there? A, do you have a philosophy um, as you you get older, Justine, about um, eating and um, eating in moderation, just enjoying everything? Is life too short? Should we deny ourselves anything? No, drink more wine, <laughs> eat more cheese. <laughs> no, personally, I I feel like I eat too much meat, and I've I've, I've 
slowly, slowly sort of starting to respect the vegetable more, understanding the importance of giving your body a break and the environment a break and show off your veggies and know how to cook your veggies nice. It's not just about a bowl of steamed greens on the side. Make it a showstopper. Make it the the main the, the main attraction first. And, you know, I think it is a balance. I think, you know, my mum growing up, she was all about balance in the kitchen. And I think that's that French way of if you're going to have, uh, you know, a fillet of beef one night, then don't have it for a while or, you know, always have your veggies and, and, and balance. I can't remember saying, saying that way too much here, mm-hmm. but it is so important when it comes to food. If you're going to have a big lunch, have a smaller dinner and, and vice versa. And I think if you sort of see it like that, I think food becomes a bit more pleasurable instead of gorging yourself all the time. Let me recommend page 39, the <laughs> pot-roasted uh, whole cauliflower. I thought that was exceptional. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It Looks really great. is. And it's a perfect example of, of, of putting, highlighting the vegetable. Yeah. And it is really yummy. And the eggplant and mushroom cottage pie, that is a huge, rich dish. And it looks so meaty. And I think that's what we tried to do with the photographer and the stylist. I'm like, I want this to look like it's a shepherd's pie, like a lamb shepherd's pie, but it's just all veg and it tastes so good, almost even better. You don't go away feeling quite heavy a little bit because it's still rich with all the mashed potatoes, but who doesn't love mash? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The mm. uh, the Flemish uh, beef cobbler. I, mean, I could I could name a hundred there. No, I couldn't name a hundred because there's only eighty. Uh, but, uh, no, there's so many so many beautiful things. I don't like lamb, but the lamb shank pie looks absolutely sensational. Well, you can change a lamb shank yes. and use some, you know, beef osobuco would be fantastic in that. Yep. So you know, I, I probably should have mentioned that in there, but now you know you can still do that dish. You can just change it from lamb to or even chicken if you like. Yeah. And Justine, usually to wrap up, we ask our guest, and you're the perfect guest to ask, um, if you had a cooking tip to impart, what would that be? Oh, well, I think we need to go back to that tip, particularly if we're talking about slow cooking, is if you're going to make a stew, make sure you seal your meat and veggies off really well. Don't burn it, but seal it off really well so you can develop flavour. It is so important when it comes to, to stews and braises. Beautiful. Hey, thanks so much for being on our program. We really appreciate it. The book is fantastic. The Everyday Gourmet is a great uh, TV show. Looking forward to the next series of that. So thank you so much for being on Food Bites. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Yes, the next series of uh, The Everyday Gourmet will be up and about, as you've oh, heard Justine say. She's filming it now. Listen to you. And, look, she made that uh, mushroom and eggplant pie and the beans, the slow-cooked beans. She made them sound meaty. Yeah. It's a great book. It's a lovely book and uh, it's available now. So if you want to check it out, it's called The Slow Cook. It's out by Pan McMillan. Wasn't she lovely? Yes, yeah, she was. She was absolutely delightful, which is more than I can say. Oh. For the Friday food poll. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else Seriously. there. Oh, there's the funniest video doing the rounds on social media, an old BBC 1970s video, people in the street in England being asked to sample haggis. Oh. You want a bit of haggis? Haggis. It's a Scottish delicacy, apparently. I'll turn it up. And just for those who aren't aware, <laughs> it is sheep's liver wrapped in a sheep's bladder. 
Yum, yum, yum. Now, there are some people who don't necessarily agree that that's what it is, <laughs> as you'll Let's hear. Let's have a look. Friday mm-hmm. food poll. Tony Bennett. By the time I get to Haggis, I'll be vomiting. Tony, every week I want to apologise to you. I am so sorry. No, I want to talk to Tony's parents and say, what were you thinking? (laughs) He says, can't say I'd go out of my way to eat this, but if placed in front of me, I would give it a crack. Oh, no. Compared to some countries that eat snails or tarantulas or scorpions on sticks, this seems like a treat. He's got a point. Yes. Sue Hosking says, I will let you know if I ever make it to Scotland to try it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Christine says, Sue Hosking, you won't get it in my house. Hugh likes it, but not for me. Sue Landry says, oh, my God, no way. Kerry Rodder, is this even a question? I'm struggling to look at them. Personally, I think they belong under my mother Maureen's gumboots <laughs> with the snails she likes to smash. Yes. But uh, no, not for me. Now, from uh, Twitter, a couple mm. of responses here. Not surprising, these ones, to be honest. Uh, Darren Purchase says, Ock I. Oh, yeah. Which I believe is yes. Scottish, yeah. Kate Stevenson says, I've tried some cracking haggis in my mm. time. I'm a yay. And uh, not surprisingly, a man whose name is Danny McGinley says, <laughs> Massive yay from me. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely love it. I've got well, I've got two more. I've got mm. Hope who says I couldn't bring myself to like your post. And uh, Karen, I love this one. Are you mad? <laughs> Once I flew business class from London to uh, Bradford and this monstrosity was part of my breakfast. Nothing business or class about this awful parcel. And Dr Lord's Kitchen in capital letter says, yay. How, well, why would you, as part of a business class <laughs> meal, have that as part of your breakfast? Well, I guess it's the local grub. I would like to, uh, oh. I'd like to read you a, a mammoth response have now. Have you had to clean it up? Uh, I'm not going to. Oh, I, I, I was I was going to, and then I thought, you know what? Watch out! I agree with him, so I'm going to go with it. Gotcha. Wayne writes. <laughs> uh, I will just start my response by saying the Scottish are a wonderful race of people, and I apologise mm. now for any offence I may oh, cause. No. That seems fair to me. Inventions they have bought us include television. The telephone, colour photography and the ATM, amongst a multitude of other things. Now, I know the Scottish have a reputation being a wee bit thrifty, (laughs) a wee bit thrifty, but this goes beyond the bounds of taste and common human decency. It is just a big sack of guts and penises with some kitty litter mixed in for fun. (laughs) That's a bit I was going to clean up, but I decided not to. There is no way such a noble and majestic race as the Scots invented this for themselves. They probably did it as a joke that they could pretend was part of their history and culture just to inflict it onto the rest of the world, much like us Aussies did with Fosters. Now, if they didn't, then Scotland the Brave was probably written for the culinary kamikaze that actually chowed down on this. It has lung in it, for Christ's sake. (laughs) This precludes it from being sold in America as they do not consider lung to be fit for human consumption. And that says a lot from a race race of land whales who invented McDonald's. (laughs) Now, I thought the sushi birthday cake that you dragged up last week looked bad, but my God, it looks like a culinary (laughs) triumph compared to this bloated football of stuff. See, I love that. It is A bloated football of stuff. Look at the picture on the face. That's exactly what it looks like. It's a bloated football of stuff um, that you would only eat after a bottle of bourbon on a dare (laughs) and even then only with a big cash incentive. Uh, You don't have to be Nostradamus to predict it's a resounding 
no. Oh, I me. know. You've done or it as, again. As we like to call it, a knock eye and not a knock eye. Uh, no, what well, a classic. Well that's, done, gold. that's gold. That is gold. A bloated it football. It does look of like stuff. a bloated football, doesn't uh, it? With the stuffing pouring out of it. There have been Saturday nights when I felt just like that. I take it the, uh, the nose have it on this one. I didn't even bother to count. Oh. It was <laughs> a pointless <laughs> exercise because anyone who said yes was lying. I'd have a go. I've never tasted oh, it, admittedly. No. Oh, come on. Oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I'll tell you now, I, it's one of those things I know that I could not get to my mouth. Oh, I want you to watch the video and see if you can. I'll watch the mind. video. I can watch that. That, does, that doesn't smell. I reckon, that, <laughs> I reckon the smell would get me and, and I've just got a feeling that just knowing, it's one of those things, just knowing what it is. Yeah, it's a psychological yeah, thing again. absolutely stop me Mess from with your it. little brain. But if you offered me cheese, <laughs> my little brain. <laughs> If you offered me cheese, well, you know what? I'd be up for it and I'd even make it myself Who if wouldn't? need be. Yeah. Cheese Links, of course, have a great range of uh, cheese and yogurt making ingredients. They've got equipment. They've got everything, everything you need. And most importantly, they've got Janet. Five, you can two, bring your loved one along and do a workshop. It's very romantic. 52821984. Oh, nothing quite says you love someone than looking at them with a hairnet on and going, I love you. 52821984. No, I didn't say that. I'm not that silly. Cheeselinks.com.au, all the mm. social media platforms. So uh, take advantage of, uh, you know, some uh, uh, Janet's always got great offers on and good things for you. So take advantage of yep. that. And don't forget the yogurt maker with Mother's Day coming up yep. in a couple of weeks. On your channel. Thanks to Justine Schofield for being a terrific yeah. guest on our program. Next time on this particular oh, podcast. What? Oh, look, I'm looking in the magic mirror and <gasps> guess what? Miss Helena oh. is going to be on Food Bites. We look forward to seeing you and talking to her then. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.